Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. What's up? Harrison Wint here on a Wednesday. Welcome into the BSN Nuggets podcast. We are presented, of course, as always, by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. You can also reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use promo code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Here's what I've got on today's show. A quick edition of Mail Time had one question come in to my email. If you guys ever want to send me questions for the show over the offseason, always looking for questions about the Nuggets, about the NBA, about the ongoing finals, free agency, summer league, everything and anything, wind at bsndenver.com. So I'll get to that momentarily. If you also have questions for the show and want to call in, the Total Beverage Fan Hotline is always open, 1-800-BSN-8394, 1-800-BSN-8394. I'll also recap Tuesday's pre-draft workout. The Nuggets held their first pre-draft workout Tuesday at Pepsi Center. Six prospects came in. I'll give you the rundown on those guys, what you need to take away, what names you need to keep in the back of your mind here throughout the course of the rest of the offseason. And then, finally, I'll get to some thoughts that I have on Anthony Davis. Some reports coming out earlier this week that the Pelicans are listening to offers on Anthony Davis, the all-NBA big man. Would Denver potentially call? Would the Nuggets be interested in a deal for Anthony Davis? What would they have to give up? Should they be interested? And could Denver look at Toronto's situation with what's transpired with Kawhi Leonard, where it seems like there's a little bit of momentum... And I'm not going to say I'm on the inside in Toronto and know what's happening and know what Kawhi Leonard is thinking because I don't think anybody really does. But it doesn't seem like it's an open and shut case that he's absolutely gone from Toronto. Could Denver or could a team that hasn't been a hasn't been rumored as a preferred Anthony Davis destination get in on the bidding for Davis while looking at what Toronto has done and saying, hey, maybe if we have him for a year, we can make a run to the conference finals, to the finals with him and get him to stay. With what Toronto might be able to pull off with Kawhi Leonard, does that get any one of those kind of dark horse teams, which I think Denver would be grouped into, into the discussion? Does that push them to want to potentially 
go after Davis more. I'll get into that in a little bit. First, though, I want to start off with a quick edition of Mail Time. This question comes from Evan, a.k.a. Ranchman from Castle Rock. He writes, big shout out to Mario, a caller to your show on Monday. That was a well-laid-out discussion. Shout out, Mario. A lot of good points that he brought up. And if you guys forget, that email was about trading for a different starting small forward, which has been a topic you guys have loved to talk about this offseason. Evan goes on to write, Replaying with the three-guard strategy next season is not one an organization with championship aspirations would use as a blueprint, particularly when two of the guards are poor defenders and two of them lack ideal height for a guard protecting the paint as an opponent drives towards the basket. Yes, this can work in the regular season and even in the first round of the playoffs, but I wonder if there has ever been a team employing a strategy of starting three guards that has won a championship. The optimal person to play the three is a tall forward whose primary attribute is defense. This person need not to be an elite scorer, but he does need to help overcome the deficiencies of Jamal Murray's lackluster defense. Thanks for the call, or I guess question, Evan, as always. And I'll continue to say what I've been saying on this show for a while. Yeah, Denver could certainly use an upgrade defensively on the wing. That's not a secret. That's something I've said time and time again. They need more length. They need more defensive versatility. They need a guy that can defend the Kevin Durant's of the world, that can defend the Paul George's of the world. And you're right. The championship teams that we've seen over the last few years generally have started a really plus defender on the wing. The Warriors, who are two-time champions... They've obviously started Kevin Durant there each of the past couple of seasons. They've had Andre Iguodala backing him up. So they've also had Clay Thompson there. Plenty of plus defenders. They're two-time champs. Going back to 2015-16, the Cavs, they probably had the worst array of defenders. And those Cleveland teams were never anything special defensively, but they still had LeBron on the wing. Iman Shumpert came off the bench. J.R. Smith started for that team. Richard Jefferson also started a couple games in those finals. And then if you go back to 2015, the Warriors again. Iguodala started three games in those finals. Harrison Barnes started six, but he was a solid defender. They had Draymond Green as well to, to guard Cleveland's opposing wings there. And then if you go back to 2014, you had the Spurs with Kawhi Leonard, obviously a plus defender there. So yes, you are correct, Evan. Championship teams typically have that 6'7", a 6'9", wing who can defend multiple positions. And that's the archetype that championship teams and contending teams that have made the finals recently generally follow. But my question is, and this has been my question whenever you guys have called in and and written in about this topic, who should Denver go get? Yeah, Robert Covington is out there. I don't know how gettable he is. Mario suggested Torian Prince, who I think is solid, but I don't think him as your starting three turns you into a championship contender next season. You can't just go get that guy with a snap of the fingers. And I'm sure Denver has thought about it. I'm sure they've put their heads together and tried to come up with a guy that they can go get that can be an upgrade on the wing. And probably the main reason why they haven't gone out and gotten that guy, because that certain player just isn't really attainable right now. Trust me, I've thought about it. I've canvassed the league. I've 
looked at the free agents available this summer and the guys that could be available via trade. I just don't see who that guy is right now. Robert Covington would be great. Would you give up Gary Harris to go get him? I don't know if Denver would do that. I would potentially think about it because Covington is a prototypical guy, an archetype of a player that could start on the wing for you and be that 6'8 guy who can defend multiple positions and knock down a three or two. I I think about it. I don't know if the Nuggets would. I don't even know if Minnesota would want to trade him and what they would want in return. I speculated about it on Monday's show. But I'm just not sure who that guy is right now. Like Bradley Beal's probably gettable, but he's not the defender that we're all imagining Denver needs. Plus, he's only like 6'4", 6'5". So I just don't know who that guy is. I agree. Denver needs more length at the three. They need more defensive versatility on the wing. They need Torrey Craig if he was two inches taller. But those guys don't exactly grow on trees. So I I think when it comes to the starting small forward position for Denver next season, yeah, they should potentially look to upgrade, but I don't know if that upgrade is out there and if that upgrade is that attainable at this current point in time. So I expect Denver to run it back with Will Barton, and I think he'll have a bounce back season. And maybe to get to that next level one day they will need a guy on the wing with some more defensive versatility and a higher defensive ceiling. But I also do believe that this team still has another level to climb with this current alignment, with their starting five it is, with their bench how it is. I still think they can get to the Western Conference Finals with this group. And then once you get there, you know, depending on the matchup, they could advance even further. So that's my overall thoughts on that topic. Thanks for the question, Evan. Hope I answered it. And keep sending in your suggestions for who you guys think the starting small forward should be and will be next season. I think it's Will Barton. I think Denver, while they would like to upgrade there, is still comfortable with that notion. Wind.bsndenver.com if you want to send in the questions via email. 1-800-BSN-8394. 1-800-BSN-8394 if you want to call in. I want to remind you guys really quick, right now on BSN Denver, you can get an annual pass, an annual subscription, which gives you access to all our Nuggets content, Broncos content, Rockies content, Avalanche content throughout the summer, throughout next season as well. And you can get a free t-shirt with that annual subscription purchase. The annual pass ends up costing you only $3.33 per month. And like I said, you get a free t-shirt from the BSN Denver Locker. A lot of cool Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and Broncos shirts on there right now. And with that subscription, of course, you get access to the content we're putting out on the Nuggets side of things over the course of the offseason. We're well into our player report cards right now on BSN Denver. Those will be going up throughout the next couple of weeks. Also, the latest from Denver's pre-draft workouts, and you're going to want to follow along over the next few weeks as well as Summer League approaches, a lot of cool content coming out around that, and then once free agency gets here in July. So bsndenver.com backslash subscribe to get that deal. Again, the annual pass ends up costing you only $3.33 a month, and you get a free t-shirt. 
Also, don't forget to download the BSN Denver app from the iTunes store. It's also available on Android. Let's hit a break real quick. I want to come back and recap Tuesday's pre-draft workout at Pepsi Center, let you guys know what names to keep an eye on, what you need to take away from that workout. And then I want to get into my thoughts on Anthony Davis, if Denver should pursue a deal and if they should look at what's transpiring or potentially transpiring in Toronto and think to themselves, hey, maybe we should take a shot on a talent like Anthony Davis and see if we can use a 12-month recruitment period to get him to stay. We'll be right back. If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, which is a full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, We have national bands, we have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at mosdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Mo's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend Mo's to someone because we cater to all needs a family-friendly atmosphere we have colorado beers on tap all the games on the tvs it will blow your mind with amazing barbecue welcome back to the bsn nuggets podcast as always we're presented by the green solution visit mygreensolution.com and use promo code bsn20 for 20 percent off your entire purchase harrison wind here on a wednesday i'll get to my thoughts on anthony davis and his potential availability of denver wood think to get involved in that in a couple minutes. First, I want to recap what happened at Pep Center on Tuesday. Denver held their first pre-draft workout of the offseason, and I know what you're thinking. The Nuggets, they don't have any first or second round picks. They don't right now, but as I've said on this show before, look for Denver to potentially acquire a second rounder somehow over the coming months. I wouldn't be surprised if Denver finds a way to get in this thing with how well this front office has done in drafting second rounders over the past. I get the feeling Denver would love to get their hands on a second rounder here late in this draft because I've heard from a lot of scouts who get paid to scout college and really earn their money around draft time. This draft might not be super deep at the top, but there's some quality talent in the middle to late first and in the second round as well. So I think Denver would like to scoop somebody up in the second round. The six prospects who came to Pep Center on Tuesday, none of those guys are projected first or second rounders. Here's the six guys who worked out for Denver. Javon Bess, who is a 6'6 forward from St. Louis, a really good defender, Cavell Bigby Williams, 6'11 big man from LSU. Jordan Davis from Northern Colorado, 6'2 scoring guard. Justin James from Wyoming, a 6'7 wing. Tanner Nagam, 7'2 center from Ryerson via Senegal. And then Josh Reeves, 6'4 guard from Penn State. 
the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. So a couple of themes to this first pre-draft workout. Obviously, like I said, none of these guys are really projected first or second rounders. Maybe Denver would look at a couple of these guys for their summer league team. But a couple of really stout defenders, Javon Bess and Josh Reeves, two of the better defenders in the country, both in that 6'4 to 6'6 range. The one guy I would really pay attention to from this workout and remember is Jordan Davis from Northern Colorado. Spoke to him after the workout on Tuesday. Spoke with his coach from UNC. He's a local kid from Northern Colorado, just up the road in Greeley. Maybe look for him to latch on to Denver's Summer League team here in a few weeks. He's got another workout schedule with the Celtics later this week. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if he's with Denver for the summer, just like Denver had UNC guard Andre Spite on their summer league team last year. Jordan Davis could follow a similar route. And there are some similarities between those two point guards, Andre Spite from UNC last year and Jordan Davis from UNC this year. Here's a cool fact with those two guys, and you can read even more about Jordan Davis on bsendenver.com. I've got an insightful look at kind of his makeup and his upbringing and how he's made himself into the scorer that he is right now. And he was the top isolation scorer in Division I basketball last season. He averaged 23.5 points per game, just a point per game less than John Morant from Murray State, the presumptive number two pick or the potential number two pick. So Jordan Davis, he can really score the ball. Got a pretty good looking three point shot, shot at 36% from three last year. Can really get to the rim, really athletic, has a good first step, just a natural scorer in every shape and form of the word. And what's funny about UNC is they've now produced the top isolation scorer in the country in two consecutive years. It was Andre Spite last year, it was Jordan Davis this year. So I don't know what's in the water up at UNC, but they produce some really fine scores here over the last two seasons. Jordan Davis is the latest one. I would encourage you guys to go read my article on bsndenver.com about him. He's a dedicated guy who has a dad that sounds kind of like Jamal Murray's dad, Roger Murray. Jordan Davis talked about Tuesday how he would do 1,000 calf raises a day, extra ones when he was in the shower, 6 a.m. runs in Las Vegas where he grew up organized and kind of a routine that was implemented by his dad. He changed his diet after his sophomore season at University of Northern Colorado, cut out fast food, cut out red meat. And so he's got a cool story and he can play too. He's an exciting player to watch. And like I said, he can definitely put the ball in the hoop. So wouldn't be surprised if he wound up on the Nuggets summer league team. And he's a really good kid as well. The other guy that I want to talk about for a second is Seven foot two Tenor Nagam from Ryerson University, which is in Toronto. And I'll have a piece on him, a feature on him coming at a later date. But I spoke with him as well. And I don't know if this guy's going to catch on with a team. I don't think he'll be drafted. He's only been playing basketball for four and a half years, he says. He's from Senegal. And the reason why he wound up in Toronto was... Really, he told me because of Masai Ujiri. He, he's got an incredible story 
Went from Senegal when he was 15 years old, bounced around in Europe, in Spain, in France for a couple of seasons, then ended up at Ryerson. And Ryerson is a university in Toronto, which is 10 minutes from Scotiabank Arena, where the Toronto Raptors play. So he told me Masai Ujiri, who of course has a lot of connections to Africa basketball, has helped a lot of kids from Africa come over and play at schools here in the States and then get to the league, some of them eventually. And he was instrumental in getting him to come over from Senegal to Ryerson. He was actually debating on going to either UConn or Ryerson, but Roy Rana, who was the coach at Ryerson at the time, who just got hired by the Kings as an assistant, along with Masai, were instrumental in him coming over to the state. So he's got a really good relationship with Masai, a good relationship with Gorgie Jang as well, the other the other player from Senegal in the NBA currently. And he was discovered by Masai at the Seed Academy in Africa, which is something I've actually written about before. Wilson Chandler helped at that helped out at that academy a few summers ago. And it's pretty much just an academy in Africa that takes a lot of these kids who have a lot of natural talent who wouldn't be able to put that to use normally and whose talents would go by the wayside in that country and makes them into basketball players, gives them some structure, gives them a taste of organized basketball and a lot of them go on to play in the States here at college or even abroad. So that's where he was discovered and hey, he's trying to make a career out of it. So He's a really good kid, and like I said, you'll see a feature from me on him sometime soon, but I had a really nice discussion with him. Keep your eye on him. Remember that name, Tenor Nagam. I don't know if he'll make it in the NBA, but he's 7'2". He's got a nice-looking stroke from three. I posted a video on my Twitter account, at Harrison Wynn from the workout, and I'll be rooting for him for sure, but he's incredibly raw. Just happy to be here is pretty much what he told me. Like when he puts on the practice jersey, he's got to pinch himself because he can't believe he's here. He just started playing basketball less than five years ago. And a lot of these guys have obviously been playing basketball their entire lives. Before we move on here, quick word from Total Beverage. What if I told you that you could order liquor on your mobile app, have it delivered to you the same day and save money doing it? Well, with Total Beverage, you can because Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie, and they have the lowest prices in the state. Plus, they're locally owned and operated, so you're helping out the local guy. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off a $50 purchase or more on their website and app if you use the promo code BSN10. Again, use promo code BSN10 on the Total Beverage website and app. You can save $10 off your $50 order for all your parties. Have it delivered right to your door. So when it comes to Anthony Davis, just to fill you guys in on the latest on that situation, reports coming out over the last couple of days that the Pelicans will be listening to offers for Anthony Davis. It seemed like there was maybe some hope that new president of basketball ops there, David Griffin, could maybe convince Anthony Davis to want to stay in New Orleans with Zion Williamson coming aboard with Drew Holiday already there. Maybe they could convince him to stay. That doesn't look like it's going to happen. Not a huge surprise there, but it seems like Davis is still holding firm in his desires to be traded. Of course, everybody believes he wants to go to the Lakers, but it doesn't seem like New Orleans really wants to do business 
with LA after how those negotiations really transpired last season. Then again, New Orleans has a new front office there. They don't have a new owner, but maybe that new front office can initiate something with the Lakers, even though I still don't think that's incredibly likely. I think he ends up going somewhere. But could a Dark Horse team get in the mix? Could the Nuggets get in the mix? Could a team that looks at the Toronto situation and sees how they acquired Kawhi Leonard, made this run to the finals, and really look at themselves and say, hey, we could be in a similar position. Would Denver potentially look at themselves and say, hey, if we got Anthony Davis, we can make a Toronto-like run? Here's where I want to start with that. First off, Denver and Toronto are in different positions. Denver right now is in a much different position than Toronto was in last year when they acquired Kawhi Leonard. Toronto was really on their downfall. Kyle Lowry was 33. DeMar DeRozan was 28-29. Jonas Valanciunas was 27. Serge Ibaka was on the other side of 30. That's a lot different than where Denver's core is at right now. Those Toronto teams had gone to the playoffs before and lost in the playoffs before. Denver has done that now for just one season. Jamal Murray is just 22. Gary Harris is just 24. Nikola Jokic is just 24. Denver is still on the up and up, while Toronto, they were at that peak and probably trending downward. So when you're looking at that Toronto situation compared to the situation Denver finds itself in right now, both teams are at very different points in their respective arcs. The similarity, I think, is if Denver was to acquire an Anthony Davis, they could see a jump like Toronto just had in potentially making the finals. I think if the Nuggets add Anthony Davis to their core, and to get Davis, I think Denver would have to give up Jamal Murray or Gary Harris. So you've got a core of Nikola Jokic, Davis, and either Jamal Murray or Gary Harris surrounded by the right pieces. I think that team could make the finals. So with that addition, Denver could experience a Raptors-like jump. Now, what else would they have to give up in a deal that's where it gets tricky. You'd have to think New Orleans would want other young pieces. They'd probably be interested in Michael Porter Jr. Really tough to say still what his career outlook looks like. We've yet to see him on the floor in competitive five-on-five in a game setting, in a live ball setting. We'll see that at Summer League. I think we'll be able to get some decent insight into what type of impact he could have next year with how he looks in Las Vegas. You'd also think that maybe Paul Millsap would be in that deal, and you think Denver would be okay with parting with him if it was getting Davis in return. Here's why I don't see Denver pursuing that deal. The main reason why is I don't think they're going to get an assurance from Davis or Davis's camp that he would sign in Denver long-term. And that, in my opinion, would be the biggest sticking point. Toronto was fine with not getting that assurance because they were comfortable with tearing that thing down a little bit anyway. They were comfortable with looking at their roster and saying, hey, we've gotten this far. We knew what the Lowry, DeRozan, Abaca trio, if you want to call it, we knew that building around those guys is only going to get us probably to the conference finals. We've been there, done that. If Kawhi gets us to the finals and then leaves us, fine. 
you know, we'll take that. We were already probably going to want to trade either DeRozan or Lowry and look to rebuild anyway. We can just do that around Siakam if Leonard leaves and, and look to do something with Lowry and rebuild with Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, see what we've got with some of these young guys here. We're fine with that if Kawhi leaves. We're going to take this chance regardless. Denver, obviously, in a much different position. If they were to trade for Davis, they would have to give up one of their young building blocks. And then if Davis leaves, they've got a huge hole there. Probably giving up Millsap in the process. Probably giving up either Jamal Murray or Gary Harris in the process. That leaves Denver's cupboard very barren. I'm not sure how the Nuggets would recover for that after one year. But then again, the prospects of getting Davis are tantalizing. There's not many opportunities that a franchise like the Nuggets have to go get a surefire top 10 player in the league in Anthony Davis. Those chances don't come around too often, especially if you're a franchise like Denver. And even though the cupboard would be a little bare, how much would a Davis-Jokic combo elevate Denver's role players? How much would those guys elevate the play of a Malik Beasley? How much better would somebody like Beasley look next to those guys? How much better would somebody like Torrey Craig, like Wancho, like Monte Morris? I think, and it's probably a shared opinion by a lot of you guys, when you've got great players, you know, role players, they don't have to do as much. They're just going to look better by default. Yeah, Denver might be a little thin, but that star power, I think, would probably make their ceiling quite a bit higher. So that's what Denver would have to think about in that scenario. Davis and Jokic with, you would have to think some of this core is still intact. With the uncertainty in Golden State, I think that's a contender. I do, for one year. And to compare that situation to Toronto's again, I think that Toronto has a better chance of keeping Kawhi than Denver would of keeping Davis, even if the Nuggets made a run to the finals. I think Toronto as a city and as a market has more pull than Denver would as a market. And you've got to think that's something that Davis has ranked pretty high on his priority list when looking at potential destinations based on the rumors that he wants to go to LA. So I do think if Denver got Davis, it would be for one year. I don't think the chances of him staying would be good. But Denver would be a championship contender with Davis and Jokic, I do feel. That's what Denver will have to decide. If they would want to potentially go on a run for one year and then kind of have to go back to the drawing board after that or continue the upward trajectory they're on right now and potentially build a team that could maybe one day contend year after year after year. But obviously, you never know if you're going to get there in the first place. If I had to speculate on what Denver does right now, I think they'll call for Davis like I'm sure they've called in the past. But I don't think anything would get done. A lot more, obviously, to get into on that, and I'm sure we'll talk about that time and time again throughout the summer, but I just wanted to lay out some initial thoughts here and now because that topic is pretty prevalent across the NBA right now. So let me know what you guys think. Email me, wind.bsndenver.com. Call up the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSNA-394, 1-800-BSNA-394. What would you want to give up for Davis? I think a package would probably look something like Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, and a pick. Maybe Michael Porter Jr. is in 
a package like that? I'm not quite sure because it's tough to really get a read on how teams value Porter with his injury history and whatnot and, and what New Orleans' front office would think. Maybe a package could be Jamal Murray, Paul Millsap, and a pick. Maybe you wouldn't even have to throw that pick in there with the value that Jamal Murray would bring right now and how highly he's thought of throughout the league. So let me know what you guys think. I'm sure we'll talk about this topic a lot more throughout the summer. I think that's all the time I got for today. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll get back to the player review series on Thursday's show, talk about Gary Harris's season, what I saw from him, what his outlook looks like for next season. Talk to you guys then. The Colorado Golf Association is dedicated to preserving, improving, and serving the game of golf here in Colorado. And right now they're conducting their annual Dream Golf Vacation Raffle. Ed May, Executive Director of the Colorado Golf Association, gave us some more info on what exactly you can win if you enter. We had six grand prizes this year and 40 plus other prizes. So the, the big ticket items, so to speak, or the grand prizes are a trip to the BMW Championship, including VIP access, thanks to our partnership with BMW. Uh, we have trip to Streamsong, we have a trip to Bandon Dunes, we have a trip to Sand Valley, and then we have what I think might be the coolest, a chance to take an, uh, a 7 Series BMW down to Telluride to play in a CGA-only event. The raffle tickets will go on sale on our website, coloradogolf.org. Tickets are $40, and you know all the proceeds from the raffle are going to support youth development in the state of Colorado. So you're making a great donation to a great cause, but you're also having a chance to uh, really have a fantastic dream golf vacation. For a chance to win, be sure to go to coloradogolfassociation.org.